We're going from A to Wyoming, talking about the homies making stuff in the USA. We're shooting the shit together, too legit forever. This is the stars of the states. Hi. I am so excited. <laughs> this is going to be lit. <laughs> I hope so. I think so. Yeah, it oh, is. Yeah. Oh, I got uh, some good questions prepped. I know you do too. I ended up just prepping a couple just we ended cool. up in time. Hopefully my cat stops trying to climb the window in, in front of me. Yeah, you might have to room. we might have to put Emerson somewhere because we won't be we able to redo any of this. Right. There's no no. Or hopefully our guest likes cats. You know, I don't Yeah. Still. <laughs> we don't have time for he crosses his keyboard and ruins everything. I'll just I'll just take him back. Throw the whole cat away. I mean, put them in a room, throw them away. Really, same same difference, I think. All right, let's get all the uh, unnecessary sounds out the way. Unique New York. Unique New York. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet. Oh, ma, 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 ma. my God. What? I love that so are, much. That's from Anchorman. Is it? Oh, yes. Man. Yeah, that's when uh, Ron Burgundy in the beginning is getting ready. Oh, the arsonist has what kind oddly of feet? shaped, oddly shaped, feet. Oh, unique man. New York. Good old what fashioned arsonist. You know it. Do we tell everyone now? What's yeah, going let's on? let them know. Um, who we got a we got a state. We're doing a state today. I don't know if you guys know about this show, but in this show, <laughs> this far in, if you guys don't know what we're up to, sometimes we talk about. <laughs> yeah, and then when like where maybe they might have some musicians from you might know or not know. And this week we have a special guest joining us from the nifty 50 state of Indiana. Indiana. He is from Evansville, Indiana. We're going to have Jace Everett on Hell in yeah. about 26 minutes. He's going to join us. You may not know Jace. But if you have ever seen or heard of HBO's show True Blood, mm-hmm. he does the theme song. I want to do bad things with you. <laughs> oh, the voice. Oh, man. Yeah. So we're going to get to ask him some questions. His life and music and hot dogs. Hopefully we'll throw in some hot dog cute. We got to ask the important ones. How do you feel about John Denver? What do you think of... <laughs> he is not a Trump fan, and neither are we. Okay, so that's good. I'm glad you checked. <laughs> Hold on, I'm sorry. Yeah. I gotta fix this. It's okay. Thing. I took some time. I was um, checking out his website, and he's done a lot of music since uh, Bad Things, because that was 2006. So he's done a couple albums since then, and then I've got some notes on the couple of songs and and his whole vibes. So. Oh yeah, let's do it. All right, I actually think it would be cool to smash in my artist because he's got a really short career and you've probably never heard of him. Okay. Let's do it right here. All right, so I'm gonna do um be talking about this artist you've probably never heard of. His name's Michael Jackson, and (laughs) 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 yes, I almost got a spit take. (laughs) I was so close to a spit take just then. That's why, because I believed you. I was like, oh, neat. Angie's got something different and up and coming. Like, you know, cool, cool, cool. And uh, nope, they no. were like, Michael Jackson. 
And to be honest, I don't think that there's many people. If you know what you know about Michael Jackson, then you know it. And if you don't, then you don't on purpose. Because there's like whole fucking biopics about this dude. <laughs> books. Yeah. Books Everything. and books and books. He is, uh, but I don't know. He's controversial. He's a controversial figure. He's made some amazing music. What do you think about his music in terms of his controversy? If I separate his behaviors and everything, and if I could just look at the music, then it is iconic. I mean, I remember when I learned that he also wrote everything. I didn't know that off the, the jump. Like I, all these years I've known of him and I've always liked Man in the Mirror and Dirty Diana, all the classics. Yeah. Then I, when I found out like, no, no, he wrote that and he did all of this and just how hard he worked and for how long, it is quite an impressive career. But I, I don't know, you know, I, I didn't sit and watch the documentary yet. I don't know how comfortable I'll be. And it's a tough one. It's a tough subject. So, it's tough. Know? Yeah. And I think that's how like, you know, it's awkward because everyone loves his I what can't say everyone. I love his music, and I'm glad you. Yeah, I relate to a lot of what you said. I think this is like a conversation that like keep having. If I have my druthers, as far as like, do we separate the art from the artist? Thinking yeah, about that. can we? Yeah, is it possible? Because then we think about like his roots and everything. So he actually grew up in Gary, Indiana. Pretty in the house he grew up in is like a little box, like a little <laughs> cardboard box. So. <laughs> Good for him for making it. Yeah, a million of them. Yeah, a little box and seventy-five people live. And then you think it's like, yeah, I definitely understand how when you become famous out of poverty as a small child, it could make you go fucking crazy. That's the age-old tale. Yeah, I mean, it's not excusable any actions that he, if he had done, you know, that were wrong. It is there is a way though. You just kind of go all the way backwards. And look at everything for what it is. It does not justify anyone's behaviors. It's just when we're able to like look at the biggest picture, you know, um, all the abuse when he was young, and then that severe discipline and him not having a childhood. And we've touched on Britney Spears and and other celebrities, and we've talked about we can't fathom what it's like to be that famous, and then what it does to you. Yeah. You know, do you constantly get yes? Do you become unstable is it something that's already in you and then nobody does anything about it i don't you know yeah those are wow those are some really good points like thinking about if you know him or knew him when you knew what was going on but he's like that level of famous like we're all just humans you know we all we all do that with everyone in our life we know shit's happening and we just kind of go yep that's what's happening i feel like that's definitely relatable yeah. yeah, and then he, yeah, and then maybe he does just get yes to death. We'll just turn a blind eye because he's Michael fucking Jackson. I think that's what the documentary talks about is two of the people involved say what happened to them. And they get into how like people that knew what was going on or what was going on, just, you know, the, I don't know, the awe or like that, that they didn't do or say anything. What do you say? Because yeah. you're just so besides yourself that you're around Michael Jackson. I don't know. You just get swept up in the, the fame. Mm. I don't know. Cause I think like they're the, um, the documentary we're talking about, is it like escaping Neverland or something? Uh, a, a couple of guys it's about at least two guys who spent a lot of time with him when they were younger and they're. Yes. This is it. Which I think is more of like 
Oh, Leaving Neverland. Yeah, Leaving Neverland and then this. I don't know. Is is this is it more of like a celebration? Or I don't really. Yeah, it is. I think so. Okay. I think that this is it was supposed to be his last tour. And then he died. Whoa. I want to say it was a few years ago because he died. It was all the medicine and all the rest he was trying to get from how hard he was working from this tour. Um, and then he died. But Leaving Neverland is the more graphic, sad documentary. And I mean, looking at, you know, his Wikipedia page does go into like a lot of his trauma from his childhood. And I guess, you know, obviously, like what Maureen said, if you could do one thing, just don't be a fucking dick to your Don't (laughs) do, you know, like, because you don't want them to become Michael Jackson. Like, is that a theme we can say? (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like it's Stop hurting your it, kids. It, it it goes on from generation to generation. Like you can be the change. Just because someone did it to you doesn't mean you- Yes. <sighs> you can tell your kids no and discipline them and then not traumatize them. Yeah. There's a in between. This is a cool story I found about him though. When he was recording with Queen and from eighty one to eighty three, they were doing state of shock together. Freddie Mercury Um and apparently <laughs> they were gonna debut as like a duet but according to queen's manager their relationship kind of took a bad turn when jackson brought a llama into the recording studio (laughs) and (laughs) so i uh you know and then apparently jackson was upset about uh freddie mercury's drug use is an interest is interesting all things right and the songs weren't actually released until 2014 wow I was going to say, I feel like I haven't even heard of that. Like, no, I didn't know anything either. about, did, was Michael Jackson perturbed by Freddie Me- Mercury's drug activity so he brought in a llama? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is the cause and effect relationship here? <laughs> the dude say, oh, bro, you, you do drugs, but I... Llam- no, I have llamas. Like, <laughs> let's talk about the llama in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. He oh, want, that's maybe oh, was some kind of metaphorical. I didn't know he wrote a lot of his own stuff, and and that is like talented. I have a five year old nephew right now who's obsessed with, and that kind yeah. of when I try because it's it's so awkward. Like, what do we tell him? He's mixed. He's being raised predominantly by white people. He understands and has verbalized to that struggle, like wanting to bleed. And he's so into entertainment, dancing, singing, loves, has been listening and watching Michael Jackson like nonstop, learning the dance move. And there's this other side of the argument where it's like, do we let him like enjoy Michael Jackson as an artist, like without acknowledging these things he did? Like, you you know, that's been an ongoing discussion. Since it's already happened, I think. I would keep letting him until he's old enough to learn more things because he's too young to fathom any of that. And he's already exposed and really getting a lot of joy from it. So I think if we were to take it all away, there'd be a a big time period of like that resentment or that confusion and anger until he's old enough to understand. We didn't want you to always be a fan of his music because of what he's done. But like right now, you know, he just, loves those beats oh so, man and he loves the know. dance moves and well they did tell him and he'll tell you too he'll be like michael jackson was mean to kids and that's what they and okay you know he's five so i think that's age appropriate you know so he knows there's yeah. something there but aunt i mean his his uncle his main father figure uh, fucking michael jackson let's fucking stop talking about fucking michael jackson <laughs> you know he's so grumpy about it because he's you know 
he doesn't think it's appropriate. And I, I do, but the flip side is the same thing. He's like, I know he loves his music. His music's really good. So what do we tell him? Yeah, you just worry in the real world in that sense or in public or something, what somebody else might do or say, you know, but they'll get to that. They'll cross that bridge, yeah. you know, right now, if, if he's doing the thriller dance, then this is thriller, thriller night. This is thriller, thriller nights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to know for his birthday, I bought him a, a thriller jacket replica. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got so found good. a cute little kid leather thriller jacket. It's like, well, I, I and I did get him a, a paint by numbers and it's Michael Jackson. I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. I did the thing. So I'm like, I'm very much like, you know, what is, what is the word? Complicit? I don't know. I mean, yeah, obviously I not. I didn't. I yeah, I, I didn't know the guy, but I don't support what he did at all. But his music, I can't deny. Like it fucking makes you dance. Like it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's everyone is having a very similar conversation. I think if some people have decided there, there are some people are like it's not true. None of it's true, and his contributions to people of color and to music override it all. Mm-hmm. And other people are like. I'll never talk about Michael Jackson again. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us are this weird, rational in between that we're just like, we can't erase what, what is when it comes to this music. And then also this is a thing that we got to just know now. Yeah. You know. It's like, um, for me with, I think the one I'm the most guilty of is with CK, you know, as far as separating the art from the artist, I, I just, I admire him so much as a writer, yeah. as a performer. And I don't know that I will ever stop. I don't condone his behaviors outside of his art, but I don't, I don't know. And I, I want to judge myself for that. And then I'm like, I just like comedy though. It's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. You're aware though. Yeah. You're aware of the contemplation of guilt or not. And I think in the grand scheme, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's like, okay, yeah. I don't know. You know, like you would never tell somebody who felt differently or anyone in some kind of situation that like get over it right I wouldn't yeah I will acknowledge how I feel but I'm not gonna make you try to feel a different way right you're just a I mean yeah it's the same kind of thing my dad got a copy of his latest special the bootleg and uh it was it was messed up and it was funny and I, some things did make me laugh (laughs) and certain parts I just laughed too because my dad laughed so hard and I just got such a kick out of like my dad thinks that's so funny. Yeah, that's, that's good. You know, I went that's to fine. see him with my dad, and I was what? I went to see him with my dad. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was. I bought the tickets, and I was like, "You're taking me to this." And it was. I mean, seeing your dad. There's something funny about seeing somebody that you like. I don't, I don't look up <laughs> to. I don't know. Like, know really well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and. Some of these comics that we're fans of are could be our dads. That's like a similar age. Yeah. You know, like Bill Burr is someone that I want to be friends with. And then, you know, also he's just a couple years younger than my dad. So when he talks about sports and certain things, he's just the redheaded Boston version like of my dad. <laughs> it's just yeah. if like 16 Acres was Boston and like, I, you acres. know, I want to yell at a hockey game, like TV screen with him at a bar you know like with Bill Burr. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to be like hey I'm a big fan or whatever with with Burr I would just want to be like how about those Bruins or something <laughs> just... yeah okay I do have I would love to uh to talk to him one-on-one because 
I think some of the confidence he exudes about some of the the topics he's some of the joke topics he's chosen that I think are questionable. I would love to just talk to him one on one about it. I think he would be singing a different tune than what he says in like interviews for show. You know what I mean? I just think there's a difference between somehow when you get somebody on a personal level and get them to realize, you know, to really think about things. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. He, his wife, um, his wife, they have two kids. His wife is black. And I, and I love sometimes, sometimes she's on the podcast or anytime you get him, I, I always appreciate that. There's like the, what he's willing to joke about and the, just sitting on the edge of any line he may cross. And then, you know, though, like in that too, it's just like, he's got to get this past this one, you know, yeah. like <laughs> it, it, he's never, it's in, or he answers to someone, you know? So just, uh, I don't know. He, he is, he's, I think he's smart and he's funny. And, and uh, I, I do, I'd love to listen to them more too. Like, what is it all like? What's it like being married to a comedian? What's it like um, in LA versus New York and, and having two kids you keep private and, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of both of them. Bill Burr. She's got Nia. such a great Nia Burr. Nia Burr. I'll tag them in this so they know they got a shout out. Yeah. You sh- you should, yeah. And like, <laughs> we'll see if we can get Bill on the show. Hey Bill, I got some questions for you. <laughs> I can't imagine. I don't want to either. <laughs> it makes me want to shit my pants a little. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I feel like no, I can't. I can't do it. You know, I'm a like... huge fan of music, but with comedians. I think it's different, too, because it's like a whole thing with being a comedian is they're just being themselves. for You know, like the the product, the end product is I'm being me. (laughs) The authenticity of just you and your body on the stage speaking into a microphone. That's it. And even if it's an exaggerated version of you or whatever, like, yeah, that's what's that's what's there. And I think I would I'd be more nervous interviewing any comedian than a musician so interesting and and you know what's gonna be funny is um we're gonna have our guest is gonna hear this and know that this is what we talked about right before his musician ass came on the show (laughs) (laughs) and he's gonna be like oh good so they didn't even fucking care Uh, we'll find out i told him we're amateurs okay so when for like a day at one point he didn't respond I was like okay so he noticed on Instagram we have like no followers and he realized that we have like six reviews so he's like no I'm not I'm not yeah but then he got back to me so which is which is pretty late and we do still have a Zamboni interview coming for you guys at some point which I I do really want to do especially now actually I'm settled into my new job so I'm I just finished my third day listen to me I'm settled in now I've retired or what I'm all set. Yeah. I'm getting a hang of this. I'm waking up in the morning is what I'm saying. I'm functioning is what I'm saying. I'm right. still managing. Yes. Um, Are you like nine to five now? I am nine to five. Well, it's a little flexible sometimes. Like if I want to, I can wake up early, get to work because it's 100% remote. It's just a compu- being on a computer all day. Okay. Let's want to do some Indiana artists, notable m- musicians. Yes, sure. All right. Well, we just we went over one small fish in a big sea named Michael Jackson, and obviously that begs the existence of the Jackson Five, begs the existence of a Janet. True. True. Uh, and then West Montgomery. We got Cole Porter. We got Babyface, the OG R and B dude. Uh, Axl Rose. Um, 
those are probably some of the biggest names. Axl Rose is Guns N' Roses, right? Yeah. Welcome to the jungle. It's Oh my god, it turns out Indiana was the jungle all along. Imagine that. It just makes me think of the of just like a jungle of hooges. Oh my god. We got hills. Mm. And we got fields. Hills and fields. We got Indiana. <laughs> like, <laughs> we we took a we took a word that we used to call a group of people. Oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we just added an A on it, and that's our state. <laughs> they know. They know it is. It is what it is. They know their state's called Indy. Do they? <laughs> My brain's starting to feel weird because it's like, you got to get ready. This is going to yeah. be an interview. And then we're still like, but we're talking though. And then I keep looking at my questions and the clock. And I'm just I like, just started what? feeling really high, like just now. I was like, I think I'm high or I'm just having a regular panic attack. It could be both. Who knows? Oh, man. What's in your lacroix? Oh, okay. just some lemon shells, sparkling <laughs> waters. Uh, no sodium. Yep. Limoncello? Liqueur? Yeah. I... This is like not enough time to tell you the tell you. Me and Alex are getting married on Friday, which is like in two days. Did you pause this? I can't. Podcast. I can't you pause can't. it. I can't. Are I don't you? Know how. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing? Yeah, we're Daddy, doing. Just married on Friday. Oh my god. Yippee. Cats out of the bag, everybody. <laughs> that was the best yippee. Thank you so much, Uncle Dan. You're welcome. Congratulations. Thank you very much. You had our picture on your fridge for a long time, so. Yeah. We yeah, thank right. you. <laughs> thank he you. He loves you. Yeah. Hell yeah. Where? So that's exciting. Maybe we'll get a wedding picture. Yeah, yeah. we got to get a wedding picture now we, for our fridge. We will. We'll, oh, my God. That would be so good. Yeah. We're just doing it in a, a little backyard. We're the smallest. We want it to be small and low-key because it's pretty much just for the paper. And then when we're going to have a bit. We. We are officially going to be having a okay. so when we do, you're one million percent in my wedding party, by the way. So that's you're not being asked, you're being told. Um <laughs> so Thank I know you. it's hard right now. It's been super hard because we want it to be super super not a big deal because we want everyone to be there when we can have a big celebration. So it's been a hard it was a hard choice to make, but do it. <laughs> Yeah, if now's the time and you both feel like you want to be married now, yeah. then get married. That's yeah, you live yeah. together, you're going to get married, and then you have the rest of your lives to celebrate. And yeah, I have the, yeah. I have so many times I can cry and be excited. Yeah. Oh, my cousin-in-law is my friend. <laughs> I know. I, like, you don't know how this is, like, it's going to be so hard. Now. This was, like, an ongoing discussion we had, but we had to make some really hard choices. Neither of our parents are like we had to make some like. Wow! So yeah. let me guess. It, yeah. It'll be like Alex's couple, maybe Roxanne or a, a bestie or two, and then you're having Fab, yeah, Emmy and Zayden yeah. and Maria, if you could. Well, yeah, and Maria's not going to be there, so yeah. yeah, that's pretty much we're yeah. doing it at her sister's house. So it's going to be yeah. her sister, her husband, their kids, and then to keep it even, we did my sister and and their kids. And then we have I th her friend Luna, Justice of Peace. Yeah, we're doing a Celtic knot. Beautiful. So we that was a last minute choice. It's all we decided on this date a long time ago. We didn't decide on how. Went to the courthouse and did our intention to be married. 
Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on this waiting room, by the way. So okay, good. <laughs> Just You're getting dr- married. I know. I'm like, and I was so excited to tell you last week, and then I was like, oh no, like. I got so nervous. I chickened out. <laughs> I like okay. really chickened out because I was like, oh my God. But imagine going back in time and telling six and five year old me and you that you were getting married before me. I would punch like- my my old self in the face. I'd be like, first of all, you're old. Shut up. Second of all, fuck you. Here's a punch. <laughs> Like that is crazy. Yeah, I yep. yeah, you're so right. And before my sister, which is actually that was one of our number one concerns was making sure that it was okay with Sab because it's not their fault they couldn't have, you know? Right. So that was a that was a conversation. One talk to Sab, two decide if we're gonna get married. <laughs> yeah. But just out of respect, I think. No, but it really works out. Like all the right amount and it's not about anybody not being you know, you do, you get to just when, you know, it's the right time and you pray on it and you tell everybody what you guys decided. We're planning and for next fall. Have a party. That's our plan. If we can do next fall, that'll be there amazing. Okay. We, our dude is here. Are we ready for this? <laughs> yes. All right. Yo, 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 yo. What's going on, Jace? Hello. How you doing? Oh, you're, oh, you're muted. You're muted. I'm going to ask. I'll have, to get, I'll have to get my kids to teach me how to do this. Oh, you're all set. <laughs> What's good? How are you guys? Where are you guys at? We're coming We're... to you from uh, Western Massachusetts. Nice. Yeah. This is very new. Um, we do, we've done each state now. We're on to Anna. Ange and I are cousins and friends our whole lives. So we got a theme to do this podcast also so we could get an excuse to talk to each other. We're up-and-coming comedians and we're sober people nice. so this has been easier with covid except virtually but but are yeah you, you guys okay if i drink a beer th- even though you're sober people i mean i'm not gonna breathe it on you hey listen <laughs> that to me that looks so refreshing in that little what is that a, a moscow mule mug you're drinking a it, beer it is, out of? It is. I, we're, <laughs> we're, we're on a fixed income so i can only afford to put beer in it now Though no, respect, even the mint. <laughs> yeah, it's Keystone Light. You know, we're just trying to keep it real here. During, no, I'm kidding. It's not Keystone. Oh God! <laughs> what what a look of derision oh, from you. That was God. amazing. Look, if I could drink, and I hear somebody was drinking that, I would punch him right in the mouth. Probably. I, I, I respect someone in the program that knows what they're talking about. That's good. That's good. Well, oh, yeah. we we know yeah. about it. Yeah, we got that down. <laughs> um, we got a quick um couple icebreaker questions for you, if that's all right. Absolutely. These are really pressing questions, so we hope that you'll take them very seriously. Um, if you could be, uh, uh, if you had to choose, would you be one hot dog or three? And this is tricky. Um, I mean, I don't want to be eaten three times, but also I come from a more is more background. So it's really, I'm, I'm going to have to pray about that one. That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, no I one's ever know they were going to ask you that icebreaker question. <laughs> No one's ever Can said I... they had to pray about it before. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a deep cat. <laughs> yeah, Indiana, where more is more. Yeah. Well, I'm, I really grew up in Texas where more really is more. I was born in the Indiana, so uh, you did get the wiki link right on that. But I, I grew up in the uh, undeservedly arrogant state of Texas. So yeah. that's where I'm from. <laughs> where egos are bigger, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> That's right. I, you, it was like St. Louis at one point and then mostly Fort Worth. 
yeah. in Texas, yeah, for a while. That's My parents were on the run from something. It's never been quite made clear what, but. Ooh. <laughs> Our state under the radar. The busy Western Mass, they just, you know, hit. If you're not in Boston, no one's looking for you. The world would be a Western Mass. You have quite the accent. I enjoy your I, I'm definitely a hillbilly. That's true. I can read, though. <laughs> Not big books, but like the cereal box in the morning. <laughs> Not big books, bro. <laughs> I you get to the crossword that. on the Captain Crunch. So, <laughs> all right, all right. I got another one. This is a really important question. Again, to take it real seriously. If you had to fight, uh, one, it's either one. Okay, this one is this one is serious. One, <laughs> either one, uh, a horse-sized duck. Or a hundred duck-sized horse. Oh, definitely the horse-sized duck. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you. It, it, I, I actually have a bit of a history of violence, and, and numbers are your enemy. The fewer, the fewer assailants you have, the better your chances. Exactly. And, and we're I talking about one. Out, yeah, I could maybe outrun a horse-sized duck. Yeah, we're talking <laughs> about one horse-sized duck uh-huh. or one hundred horse. Wait, duck-sized horses. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, like if you got a hundred horses kicking you, you're, once you're down, you're not getting back up. That was well, my theory. The Seinfeld episode where Kramer gets beat up by all the little kids in the karate school. You can't, you just can't, you can't fight the numbers. I think yeah. you guys are underestimating how fun punting is. That's fair. <laughs> oh, so man. I see you've made a bold decision on this on this <laughs> query, and you've you've made your stand. Yes, I know exactly where I stand. Yeah. So how's it going? Uh, what's your life like during this pandemic? It's awful. How was yours? <laughs> Shitty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, I wake up in the morning with a mild depression and go to bed almost suicidal and rinse and repeat. I was just, uh, before we got on, I was just watching the air quote Trump press conference, which is a campaign event he's holding in the White House. Uh, and I vomited a little bit and then I called you guys. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I did just spend six days with my daughter and my wife in uh, in a very upscale resort that we could not afford, uh, just outside of Sedona, Arizona. Um, my wife is an ER nurse, so we were blessed with a first responder discount and had wow. a bu- had a bunch of airline miles from back when I used to tour and make money. And um, and so we spent an amazing six days in the desert, biking and hiking and. And just kind of reconnecting and getting the hell out of our house for the first time since March. So, so that was that was a much needed reprieve. That's all. Good. Did the Keystone Lights good. come included? Was it all all included? No. When you, when you get to this echelon, nothing's included. In fact, they just tack on twenty percent to everything you order. No kidding. <laughs> and and you can and you can change that tip, but you have to physically go and do that. And if you're going to be there for a duration. You probably don't want to get that reputation on property, so you just roll with it oh <laughs> and wait for that bill on day six. <laughs> what is that like? And I, I'm sorry if this isn't something I should ask. Like you, you know, you, having the vacation and those fun extra things, and then you, I've I've read into some of your work. I know you've you've been doing stuff. It wasn't never just True Blood, but then yeah, that in between of like living luxurious ish, but then. It's like you can never have enough money. So even if you made a lot, everything's always more. And that like. Well, I've been lucky. My very best fiscal year I got divorced in. So I never really had money at any one point. (laughs) I almost had money and then I got a divorce. Uh, So so I've been money adjacent for the better part of 12 years. (laughs) 
somebody adjacent. That's the fanciest way I ever heard somebody say poor. Uh, I like to be I like to be a pretentious poor bastard if I can. Yo, you put your keystone in a fucking Moscow mule mug. We already knew, yo. We already knew. It, it's it's a Blackberry Farm classic that I did not buy, but the guy who was staying in our house did buy and blessedly left behind that is a fancy that is a fan that can't have tessellations on it y'all it, it i don't know what tessellations are but i think you're right <laughs> is that what those are tessellations Tessellate sounds like a verb that a politician just throws in the middle of the sentence when they don't know what to say we will tessellate this issue no it's a shape it's verbs i can't wait to have a president who uh i don't know is everything like mm. i can't full sentences isn't a racist is not awful. I'm gonna need you to lower your expectations. I'm I'm scared you may be waiting for a long time. (laughs) I know. It's so sad. Sorry, this is probably a touchy subject. I know it is in my head. (laughs) Well, yes, but we do agree. And um I I was watching your videos and um where's my notes on? Oh, she took notes. This is exciting. She got notes. She can never read what they say, but she takes them every week. Sure. That's, that's right. It's important to have the details and then just eschew them once the conversation begins. I typically am just drawing small pictures of monkeys. <laughs> and 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 duck-sized horses, no doubt. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> no, I haven't got a whole hundred done. Um, sorry, Mo, did Your you find song, the video? No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. I did need that minute because I'm not together and I am. You're also quite handsome and this is very exciting. So oh, oh, yeah. what, what filter am I using? I have to write this down. I'm 48 years old and going to die on Thursday. I can't be handsome. <laughs> You're also our first interview. I could have told you that before. I could have waited until oh, after. important that you started at the bottom because now there's nowhere else to go but up. <laughs> Here's a guy who was almost famous 10 years ago. You didn't know him, but here's his name. Is it Jache? Jache Every? Joyce? Is he Joyce? Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you about your Trump song first, but we could talk about. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, I want to know about the Trump song. Fame. I love it. Love's not what we do. I'll send it to you, Ange. I really song. love your take. I, I love the whole concept of the song. I, I'm all for a Coke and a smile. And when we join together with the song and the way he breaks down, like we will never all raise the same flag or praise the same God, but we all feel the same fucking fears and we're all fuckers. Love's not what we do. It's what gets us through. It's like, it doesn't sound positive. Yeah. And I, it's rational and it's realistic. Yeah, I actually wrote that pre-Trump. It's just that once uh, I was putting the record together and once uh once he won, my, my poor wife, who, as I mentioned, is a, an ER nurse, a first responder. So her life is extremely difficult these days. But but she went into about a six week, like legit depression. And, you know, I'm a 48 year old white guy. So my concept of woke is like still pretty drowsy, uh, you know, because I just because I grew up an evangelical Republican in Texas. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't get free of that stuff till I was almost 20 years old. And it it shapes how your brain works. You know, it just kind of shapes the neuro, just like being an addict. You know, certain neurons get shaped in a certain way and, and you have to spend the rest of your life fighting that. And so it took me a while to understand why my wife was so upset that this country would refute possibly the most qualified person ever for the presidency and choose 
definitely the least qualified person for the presidency based almost exclusively upon gender issues. Mm. And, and that really messed with her. And it took me a while of us talking about it to really understand just the depth of the message that sent to uh, our daughter and, and to my wife and to any woman in this country. And uh, so we, we went to a protest when he was, when he was trying to get all these countries banned, you know, the anti-immigration stuff almost immediately, we went to a protest and that's kind of what spurred that video. That's awesome. And I, I mean, you made so many great points, but I just wanted to like harp on this one comparing, you know, growing out of conservative ideology with the neurological patterns of like addiction is like, I think a beautiful metaphor in like, or, or, really or a powerful. horrible one, depending on where you're at in the journey, <laughs> like, right? If by beautiful, you mean horrifying. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Beauty is horrifying so right. often. So, um, yeah. Wow. So, so you have a daughter. I do have a son and a daughter. My son is 24 and teaches high school physics. My daughter is a junior high student and goes to the same school he teaches at, which is interesting. <laughs> Good stuff. That's awesome. So as like a gender bending human being, I wonder as somebody with like a, both a biological son and like a biological daughter, if there's like ways you catch yourself treating them differently by accident. Unquestionably. And my, my daughter is my stepdaughter, so she's not my biological daughter. Oh, that adds an extra layer of complication, but I'm sure. Absolutely. Uh, in marrying my wife and trying to help raise this daughter, um, you know, I am a liberal guy. I am occasionally uncomfortable with certain things on the far left because of not understanding yeah. and also sometimes not always agreeing completely. But as far as my uh, understanding of misogyny and everything, I it's kind of like my understanding of racism. I've never been an active racist. To my knowledge, I've never been an active misogynist, but I realize in my passivity how I've been both. Um, and and it's been it's been hard to acknowledge and maybe even the trickier part. And, and maybe you ladies can take this cross upon your backs um, for guys like me that want to do the right thing. Sometimes we need to be loved into that as opposed to just excoriated because we're not doing the right thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because you can get you can get further with carrots than sticks sometimes. And sometimes even though I'm going to vote for all the right issues, no question on all the right issues. But that doesn't mean I always understand exactly which pronoun to use in a given situation. Mm -hmm. Not because I don't want to understand, but because I haven't been educated necessarily. Yeah. And when you're educating someone, sometimes you have to do it with a less vitriolic uh, expression of it than, than I sometimes get from other, you know what I'm saying? No, I do. Like and I, that. I live that. I mean, I literally live that. Like I use they, them pronouns. Okay. I've never once yelled at someone for fucking up my pronouns. What's the point? Yeah. What's the yeah. point? I mean, it, it, I mean, and I now, that I, now that I know that about you, right. that's what I'll well, use. That's what with I was going to say, if you ask, and this is a hard, this is a hard thing because you have to give yourself a little bit of leniency as far as confirmation bias and discrimination. So there's going to be times when you're going to not know you have to ask for someone's pronouns that you might have. But if you start making it a habit to ask, I would say specifically with younger folks that you might know, just ask, that solves the whole fucking thing. You know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's hard because it's, we're not there yet. So to be the person that starts that trend within your circle is a, is a, that's across the bear right there. 
because well, my, my 23 year old son has been really good at keeping me in the loop to where I'm not just the clueless, blundering old man wandering about the background of his life, embarrassing right. him at every possible moment. Because I, I do, you know, I, I, some of the things I kept from my evangelical past is a genuine love and empathy towards people in general, mm. regardless yeah. of their gender, their race, if they agree with me. And, and that shouldn't be that hard. Um, for some people, it appears to be. Well, that's what it's about. And I think, uh, yeah, uh, for someone like me to not shame, but nurture and educate, like what you're saying, yeah. that is, I can call somebody out, but if someone's not intentionally being hurtful or hateful, they just need a little guidance and then they're open yeah. to it. And yeah. to hear you, a Southern white man, just say things like, I've been raised with this faith, so I use it to treat others the same. That's what I feel it is in your your woke is drowsy, but you're willing. That's it. Like that's what it's about. That's, that's funny. Drowsy. I'm, just, I'm gonna die soon. I'm. This is this is the last vestiges of my life force. Be gentle. <laughs> my dad just turned fifty-five. Like I, I you can't. Forty-eight. I'm Thank thirty-one. You. That's what yeah. you said. I turned thirty in uh, one week. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's right. This one's gonna be thirty. Yeah. So, so oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's a, that's, a, that's a cool milestone. I've, yeah. So Maureen, what what is your preferred pronoun? She, her. Okay. Bro, you're you're balling out in my opinion. I think you're fucking balling out. You just went like, all right, got this feedback. Let me apply it. Like to me, you don't understand how rare that is. And we live in a mad liberal state. Like we don't have a lot of cis men in our area that will even take that kind of a risk and say the things that you just said. And so I don't know if you, I also, I lived in Nashville for three years and I'll tell oh, you really? what. Yeah, when they sir you down there, you're sir. That's it. You don't ask questions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you, and so for it was actually simpler. Gender was simpler for me there because people just decided what you what I was, and it was. And then you don't want to disagree because if you do, bless your heart. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so like it was easier there. Then you come up here and people yourself, actually. By the way. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> if you say like actually it's ma'am, they'd be like. Bless your heart, like yeah. So, um, but I moved back up here, and people started asking me what my pronouns were, and that's when I really started to realize, like, oh, I have a choice, and that's something that's kind of coming into the dialogue. And as an English teacher, it bugs me because it doesn't agree, verb and noun. Right. So that's a tough hurdle. A lot of people are working through, and I definitely, definitely, yeah. I never thought about that, especially being an English teacher. That would be a Kind of an intellectual meets emotional crossroads you got to deal with, even as you're teaching your your class. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I just yeah, it's it's a tough it's a tough one. Um, but I was wondering if you would tell us a little bit about your new uh, EP that's coming up. Oh, it's yeah, lost in the flood. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it's garbage. Don't get it. Uh, nobody <laughs> likes it. Um, no, I, it's uh, thank you for asking. Um, I, it started a couple of years ago in Norway uh, with a man named Amund. Uh, Morud, he's a Norwegian artist who's quite successful over there, a brilliant guitar player and and songwriter in his own right. We just we've been circling each other for years. I'm kind of the David Hasselhoff of Norway without all the talent. And I, he's big in, in Germany. I'm big in Norway. I just don't have the money or the skills he has. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, he and I've been circling each other for a few years. And about three years ago, we just kind of became basically brothers over a summer uh, of working together. And, and he's, he's just a great dad, a great husband. I mean, I knew he was a genius musician, but as a human being, he's just, he's somebody I look up to and he's nine years younger than me, you know? Um, 
so we started recording we would play shows at night and then drive back uh to 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 his place where he has a, a this amazing recording studio and we just make up a new song each day and record it and that's kind of where the record started and then we finished it up during the quarantine he's in oslo and i'm here in nashville and we were just throwing files back and forth together and uh and uh so we put it out you know the the notion of putting out an album right now is is fairly fatuous there's no way to tour um the 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 hunger for the new music from a forty eight year old white man is somewhat muted. <laughs> you, you don't there's, say. There's not a line of people going, "Oh my God, where's the new Jay Severin?" <laughs> so, uh, uh, including my own family, they're like, "Hey, we're good. You had so you had a good run, and you know, what are you, you going to do?" Um, oh so that's kind of my new. Uh, I've got an, an, a new song that's with a new video that's going to come out in the next week or so. That's just a one off, and I'm kind of in that mode of just putting out bite-sized chunks because it seems like uh attention spans are are increasingly decreasing yeah. and uh between the pandemic and the climate crisis and the current political climate there's not a lot of bandwidth uh for anybody to get in there i think beyonce can still squeeze in there and taylor can still squeeze in there but yeah. But again, 48 year old cis white guys, maybe, maybe it's a tougher sell. So, so, so I'm kind of doing the guerrilla warfare thing of like making a few things I really believe in and throwing it out there and, and seeing what sticks, you know? I enjoy it. I really liked your song Dangerous again. And Thank to that, you. I was going to say, if you're not on TikTok, buddy, then I don't know if you'll, you'll make it through. You know, I think, I, I think there's a line that I can't cross, and TikTok <laughs> is that line. Gotta be. But I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, they do a lot of lip syncing. People act out stuff. I can yeah. definitely see people recreating True Blood and then doing your song because people love to sing the song. So that I could see. I, I think like, that probably happened some. Uh, another song I wrote was really big on Vine, the African-American oh, yeah. community. It's a country song I wrote for a guy named Josh Turner. It's called Your Man. And yes. uh, the African-American community, for whatever reason, one one young man did this video of like oh this country ass and then he sings into the song and it just blew up so there was all these all these amazing black guys all across america doing the trying to act all thuggish and then going into the song and, and honestly to me that was like i've got nine bmi awards you know and those vines meant more to me than any statue ever given to me because oh i was like God. that you, you were big on pin. vine that is like That's my so heart awesome. just grew for you because that is like African-American men doing it, you know, and they don't give a damn about country music. But for some reason, that that melody and his deep, low voice, they're just like, man, that's cool. It's like Barry White, but for hillbillies, you know, and, they, and it was cool. Such a good song. That's Thank so you. awesome. Yeah. Thinking a little about your like journey from like bad things. I'm looking you got bad things. You got good times. Like, can you talk us through a little bit about that transition and like how you got there? Well, the the, the Mr. Good Times record just came after, you know, the, it's it's so hard to figure it all out. You know, I had a country music deal, which I shouldn't have had, but I, I moved here and they gave me one in like a year. I was like, no, OK, I thought I was a bass player that liked, you know, Americana and, and like craft work. But if you want to give me a record deal, I'll take it. And uh, so I did, and I made a, a decent, a little ahead of its time in 2005 country record, but it failed miserably. I mean, it just like fell off a truck 
on the way to a Walmart somewhere and the singles failed miserably. It just, it just didn't happen. And, uh, the bad things was on that record. And like two years after I'd lost my record deal, they used it for the show. Um, just dumb luck. You know, they just, they stumbled across it literally. Um, on the side of the road from the Walmart truck. Yeah, apparently, uh, Alan Ball. Yeah, uh, yeah, there he goes in Louisiana. So, yeah, I mean, that happened, and that gave me the opportunity to make the records I wanted to make, which were a little more arty, a little more rock and roll, a little darker, uh, with no thought about commercial radio. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, I've just been doing that ever since. I'm all over the road genre-wise. I, I don't fit into a genre. I don't want to fit into a genre. I want to make things that I like and hopefully other people do. And if they don't, fuck them. I'm going to keep doing what I do. Ooh, that's big balling. That's, that's right. That's big balling. Yeah. I love well, I, that. I was going to say that, too. It's, I don't feel um, it's so much one genre, but a sound. Um, a reoccurring sound is that spooky, haunting, southern drawl, bluesy. Like I, I like the way I, you can hear the similarities with Dangerous Again and even Dig It Up. Like any of your songs could be made for, I, I think of other shows. I don't know why, I just because of you, believe you, believe you me, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope they <laughs> me too. <laughs> My favorite is, uh, is Woke Up in This Town because oh. I really, I, I, I just enjoy the whole song and I really like Ange the Chorus it changes a little and it's almost hopeful. And he says, every, every time I start to dream, there's a song we're born to sing. There's a place out there for you and me. Somewhere just beyond the dawn where we know the road we're on. Um, no sooner does the dream begin. Uh, do I wake up in this town again? And he goes right back Ooh, into his like, that's some real game. Shit. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I love it. I love that you do that. And I'm like, Oh, this song's kind of different. And, and this sounds like, and it's like, no, <laughs> into it, man. And that draw. Oh, I just, it's funny you say I, I wrote that with my most prolific co-writer, a man named Dan Cohen, who has been in the secret society for a long time. He's a, he's a, friend of bill as they say i think and uh and uh the initial idea it, it mutated as we wrote but it was kind of about that about that sense of of futility when you are an addict to whatever it might be whether it's the music business or a relationship or drugs or alcohol that sense of futility that you have some mornings when you're just like god i just can't get out yeah. off of this hamster wheel and uh you know, I, I'm when we write together, I write 90 percent of the words, but I know I would not have written that song without his influence R relaying because we, we discuss that stuff a lot, you know. And uh, yeah, it's I, I, I actually am a hopeful guy. I'm just not very optimistic. And I think there's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. That's OK. Did it. Yeah. Um, how do you feel hearing your own ly lyrics read to you? I just had that. <laughs> Actually, it was depending on the song. It's fantastic. I'm proud of that lyric, so it's great. Okay. There's other lyrics I've written where I'd go, "Oh God, please don't bring up that terrible day." Yeah, you don't want to hear any drunk woman at a bar you just played at be like, "I want to do bad things to you." Just. Yeah. Well, I, I that happens a lot, and I always correct them that it's with, not to. Prepositions matter. <laughs> There's a difference between consent and rape, and with and to would be that difference. Oh, my God. <laughs> Prepositions right. matter, bro. 
Yeah, make sure you ask people their prepositions too. Get real woke, everyone. <laughs> pronouns, prepositions, preferences. What are your preferred preferred pronouns and prepositions? <laughs> I know. Do you oh, prefer man. ducks or horses? Yeah. <laughs> with if ducks. If I was a duck, would you horse around with me? <laughs> oh. <Be on. laughs> I want a horse bad things. All right, guys, I'm sorry about that one. I should have We're getting into dad joke territory. That's kind of my oeuvre. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm nobody's father, but I'll make a good dad joke. Oh, man. That's cool. So you're in Nashville. I am, yes, yes. You, you ever uh, you ever play the foobar? Man, foobar's gone. Oh, what? When? Yeah. Since when? COVID? Uh, long time ago. Really? Oh, oh damn. Yeah. So I moved to back here in 2016. Yeah, it's it's been gone for a while. Oh fuck, that's crazy. Yeah, it was the best little dirty. They had the best comedy open mics. So, yep. I actually never went up there. I just it was when I was still like really shy about it, so I didn't. So 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 talk to me about that because my my dream my dream gig is to be a stand up comedian. I'm not kidding you. Cool. Um, musicians so we both... have that. Musicians and comedians often say they want each other's job. Well, you don't have to pay a band. You just bring the one mic. Yep. You know, it's it's just, I mean, that alone. Hey. And and I'm terrified anyway. Why not be terrified in front of people? Um, so, so how, how, what's going on with your comedy careers? Because I know that, that is, it's a tough career, but especially for women, it's a tough career. Well, I'll tell you what. And they's and those. Yeah, with these and thys and thous. I mean, I might as well be Jesus. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's fine for me, right? I just got my first booked gig is coming in a week and it's going to be drive through style where we broadcast through the radio. Yeah. And I, so I'm, that's my first since March. We did a show more. Well, actually our show was in February. We both do yeah. stand up. So I've been, it's, you know what? I'll say this for my personal experience. I, I can only speak for me, but it's been really rewarding because I happen to live in a Smith College is here, so if that's so, there's a lot of queer people, and I am when I get on stage, my I'm so confident. I think it just um, goes. So I'm I've been doing fine personally, <laughs> but I don't. Yeah, the white dudes I don't do tell, so well here. I'll say that. Sorry, Maureen. Okay. Yeah, Maureen. I just tell a lot of dick jokes. Sure. Yeah. Um, I had been doing it for about a year, so. I just started to say I'm a comedian because I respect it all so much that I was, you know, yeah, weary, but I did get lucky and get booked on some shows. Um, so I've written some stuff here and there, but I didn't let myself. Um, I had other things going on and um, I'm lazy. That's what it is. I'm, I'm a lazy, uh, what's the uh, procrastinating person or I can be. So I'm working on that, especially since being sober. But um, I've written some jokes here and there. I've accumulated some stuff. And I fall under pressure somewhat. So, like, once someone's like, hey, mics are open, then I'll, I'll bust out some stuff. And then. So, so let me ask you guys, because I, I, I'm a big stand-up fan. And I listen to some people that undoubtedly one or both of you might find objectionable for any number of reasons. <laughs> uh, even I occasionally do. Um, where do you guys stand, both of you, about what's funny and what's not funny you know because it's 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 a tricky season for that we were literally just talking about this before you got on because i was saying it's for me i don't as a comedian it's easier for me to separate the art from the artist I, I, with comedians i'll say that with right. comedians 
so because I because I that is my art and craft, and so I look at C- Louis C.K.'s writing and I go, "It's fucking genius." Why would and with Bill Burr's storytelling, it's fucking genius. Why wouldn't I? You know, and it's like every I just look at their craft and it's so easy for me to compartmentalize. But where there are other areas, I mean, politicians for one, I have no empathy. Um, well, yeah, they're, they're 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 writing public policy. What they say should have some yeah. merits, you know. It's they're forming policy. What do you, what do you think, Maureen? Um, I I do my best to take things like one comedian or one joke at a time. I I believe almost anything can be funny. Any topic or context can be funny if your joke is funny. Right. Um, if if you're being hurtful. And, and any of it has to do with bashing someone or you're making fun of something that happened or someone for who they are. It's with me personally, especially if I'm in the audience, I won't laugh. If I don't think it's funny, I won't laugh. I, I don't always go out of my way to, to rant about it on Twitter after because um, <laughs> I'll do other things like not recommend them, not promote their shows. I, I won't. Um, go had on a show. Him, though, with, it had to be a ham. I see how you're going. Uh, well, it commonly can be, but you know, you're right. No, good call. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're right. But yeah, I try to like, yeah, respect the art for what it is. And I've had traumatic things happen to me, and I find I can find insensitive topics very funny. So you know that. Yeah. Some sometimes what's darkest, you you have to laugh at it because if you don't, it will just consume you. Yes. Yeah. Christopher Titus is a is a great comedian and his latest special Carrying Monsters, which I hope he'll re-release. He did a live stream thing and he he talks about it. you you two would be your peas in oh, the is great, man. He's great. Yeah. Guys, time. I'm so sorry. I just got a notification that this is gonna run out. So I'm trying to put in my credit card so it doesn't. I was <laughs> I lost my full light my full Zoom license like last week and forgot to renew. All right, it happened. I was gonna say we've had him for a bit, and then I noticed that the yeah. I'm gonna say you've probably had all of my bullshit. You can stand for one day, maybe next year. (laughs) My God, we'll have you on again. Sorry, I appreciate you having me on now very much. Thank you. And if people want to find out about uh, the new EP or go to jserver.com, they can learn more than they'd ever care to know about me. And uh, I I, I dig what you guys are doing, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I really appreciate you. You've been awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you and your time. We're big fans. I'll check it. I'll subscribe and uh, promote. Thank you, folks. Appreciate you very much. Take yes, care. much love. Thank you. Thanks so Bye-bye. much. Oh, he was so great. Was so okay. How professional and easy he was to like understand and follow all the basic things and his message, his cur- how nice he was to yeah. us. Everything. I'm reeling over this. He was so funny. He had so many canned. Yes. Like I yeah. loved his whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not that woke. I'm I'm a little drowsy. Like Like I what? we can only hope to be as funny so casually one day, you know? <laughs> he asked us stuff. He was so engaged. You know, yeah. like I, I knew he wasn't some big shot celebrity, but I really was you never know like where someone's yeah. at and how they feel how they carry themselves. And he was so professional yet so relaxed too. <gasps> he just messaged me. Good fun, my friends. Thanks for having me. Oh, that's what's up. Dude, this, that was, man, if you're listening at home, I just want you to know how like special that makes like, I can't speak for you, but it makes me feel like so good that our show 
is at a point where people are coming on to it. Um, yes. Yeah. I just realized we were still recording and I totally had a, like all of those thoughts and stuff. I oh, I can cut those if you want. Okay. Maybe a little. That's right. All right. Yeah. Well, if I sound too ridiculous or fangirl, then. Okay. You know, I'll okay. limit the fangirl. Or I won't, and it'll just be hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, you oh, got right. a good impression. I can't of believe. <laughs> yeah, um, that was. I'm sorry if I just like I got nervous, so I just started like asking questions. I don't know how you felt. I wanted to just check in on. I think we both did pretty good. I think we both did our best to like give the other space. Right. But for our first interview with a famous person, <laughs> I think it went pretty well. Okay. Like, All right. I didn't know he was Vine famous. Like, that changed everything for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I can think of that song he's talking about. Like, well, I read up on him. I have all these notes and all that stuff. But I think I know that one, Your Man. That's from 2005. We'll have to check that out, too, see if we can find any YouTube videos. But, like, no. I, I, hope, his, I hope the new music, anything that he releases and does, um, is prosperous for him because he deserves yeah. it. You know, he's very talented. He has a great voice. Yeah. Can we to listen to this podcast again? I know. Wait, I just wanted to double check on, I'm having a little bit of anxiety when I made that comment about how you can't read your notes. Sometimes I was, I guess I was trying to like relax you by saying that and like make a light joke, but I hope I didn't have a different impact. No, so, okay. thank you. But no, it's okay. Cause it's true. It, right. it would be it'd be something else if in not in more than one podcast I have said I can't read my notes. Okay, it's true. That's why I made that. I was I realized like in front of him it might have sounded degrading, but to us it's like yeah, this is a thing that happens. Right. Like, and, and we're I fine with it. Never, okay. Right, you never mean to degrade me too. Okay. I always know that. All right, thanks. and yeah, I don't feel like I don't feel at all like he teased or belittled us. No, you know, me at neither. no point. Our little podcast or my notes or our questions, you know, even I, I basically asked him, what's it like kind of being rich, but not being rich? <laughs> well, it's not as bad as saying, we'll listen to your music if you listen to our <laughs> podcast. It was to me just a way of acknowledging that, like, he kept on making self-degrading de jokes of like how no one listens to his music. So it was like, literally no one listens to ours. So as bad right. as you feel, think about how we feel. <laughs> Right. We have like, six we have followers. Instagram followers. Yeah. Like there's we're not like but it came out so wrong. Like uh, like it was it sounded like it was like I just never listened to his music before. But I have, and that's the embarrassing part. But it was today and yesterday I did a, an expansion of more of the songs, more than once. But that was I mean, I did this because I saw his name in one of the Wikipedia or one of the searches when I started to search musicians or artists from indiana like he popped up so then i looked and i did deep like look further and i i know it, he was mostly in texas but um i was like i'm a fan of that song and i'm like and i don't do a lot of white males we both just try to make sure we're across the genres and across the spectrum of people so i was like you know what i don't i don't often just pick like one random person so and i did his like instagram first and i was like he has a great voice and he hates Trump. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I won't do you is if like, you know, we politically I was disagree. as soon as you started talking, I mean, this is me being completely biased, but I was like, oh shit. <laughs> like what like, if he's oh, drunk fuck. and racist? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what if he's drunk and racist? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh good. 
But no, the fact mm-hmm. that he, I mean, I, I thought it was actually cute that he acknowledged he was drinking um, rather than acting like it wasn't because that I think would be worse, you know? So, yes. And it was clear that uh, um, he was comfortable and relaxed, but not at all too chatty or anything. You know, that's always my thought for a second. It's of course, it's it's always going to be fine with someone for this alcoholic in recovery for people to drink around me because I have to be my decision to not like other people are going to do what they're going to do. It doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, but there's always a second like how many beers have you had? Will that affect this interview? But it didn't at all. All right. So. It's cool. He clearly knew a lot about the program, which I thought was cool. Yeah. It's Um, always nice. Yeah. At least able to acknowledge it. All right. Well, I mean, what else do we say? Like, (laughs) Emerson, now you want a cameo? Oh, man. Emerson, you were so good. He was. He was very good. He's getting bigger. So fucking. He can be such a terror, Ange. He's so precious and so evil. Oh. That's why he's got a collar, so I can hear him coming. Does he attack you? Yes. Oh yeah. My it's just the claws. He just wants to play. He's a little kitten. So yeah. Oreo ate three Atkins apple cider donuts out of the bag today. Alex rarely posts on Facebook. Was that Instagram today, or did she also she I don't post? Know. I think on Facebook. I think it was on Facebook because I said this is why we can't have cider things, Oreo. <laughs> Wow, I love that joke. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oreo. We were like, how did you... I can't eat three Atkins apple cider donuts. How did you fit that into your small cat stomach? You. I know, and is he going to be sick? And I mean, like, shit, you know? I mean, special, special dude. Yeah. Well, Indiana, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it was. Holy crap. This is so great. I'm so grateful. It's happening. We're doing it. Interviews networking successful episode yep consistency being key i know once we yeah this is yeah thanks for watching the disney channel that's how i feel right now i feel like (laughs) my my last comment you know the only times i felt like i stuttered or was a little like off is if he asked me something which i'm okay with because i'm grateful that i poised my questions well enough and I took a second. I prayed real hard right before we started and took a deep breath right before the interview. Because I was like, just please help me to not be, I don't know. I did so. not. And I came from a day of doing Zoom meetings. So I so shot. Like my eyes are like closing. Yeah, I did a class all day. So Oh, yeah. How's class? Now. Yeah, it was, people were telling their recovery stories. Okay, we'll close. We don't, well, we could talk more, but I, I um. I've been feeling a lot of discontent and a lot of restlessness. It's probably rollover grief. Like I'm feeling depression from all the grieving we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And the last like week or two, though, I've woken up with resentment and just a lot of discontent. And I was like, well, I'm up early. I guess I'll sit in on this morning meeting with this small group that I haven't done as much. And I listened to a friend share very emotional and heavy things. Um, They were missing their mom. And it made me get out of myself and kind of put myself in this friend's shoes. And it helped me let it all go. So I just, they were sobbing. And then so was I. Mm-hmm. And then I, I did my best to not just dump it all into the meeting, but I shared it all. I feel like a fraud and I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know why I feel this way. And I feel so much self-pity, but now I'm mad at myself for it. And I, I was like, I'm not calling my sponsor. I'm this and that. And I need to pray more and getting it all out. 
Then during peer class, peer training, I talked about a one-on-one I had with a woman. I shared how I helped her, that I had said, I don't know what it's like to be a mom or what it's like to be on heroin, but I know what it's like to feel alone and helpless and hurting. So I don't want to tell you any bullshit, like just say to you, it's going to be okay. So I just sat with her and we sat in silence and we cried together. And like those things, and the instructor was like, uh, Maureen, if you could teach the module for next class, that would be great. And I was like, oh, thank you. And he had said, if you take nothing from this whole class, that's it. That's peer support. And like a, me getting a moment to get to say that and Araldo choosing to be that complimentative of me was very wow. humbling. And it's exactly what I needed. And it was a very, it was a spiritual moment. Like my higher power worked through them to, to make me hear myself, you know, or get to hear you are capable and you are enough and you're okay. Don't let your head keep telling you this stuff. Cause then my head was like, the next thing that happens, I'm drinking. I was, yeah. I was, I said out loud today, I have a fucking reservation and I have never had one before. And I have two years sober next. So this stuff is what happens. This is how it goes. It's not perfect. Recovery is ugly. And it's messy, but I did not drink today. Yay! Uh, that's a literally beautiful story. Like, wow. And as someone who knows how capable you are, I'm very happy to hear you starting to accept that you are awesome. I think it's the same thing where it's like, I'm not going to try and tell you how awesome you are, but you should know it by now. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it sticks in there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, when it's bad, it's just so bad. But I'm getting yeah. better about how long the bad periods are or how often they reoccur. And I wrote this down today. I'm just trying to turn my next breakdown into a breakthrough instead. All right. Thanks for and listening to... Stars of the stage. Wait, wait, let's do a Jay Zevard style. Okay. Stars of the stage. You got some stars in my stage.